grab your Bibles and turn to John chapter 15. Uh, we're going to get there in just a minute. So we've been walking uh, through the series over the last uh, couple weeks of uh, just not being anxious and, and how the Bible speaks to us in those moments in our lives. Uh, imagine you're taking a tour in a vineyard and you notice uh, the vintner sitting in one of the rows on a chair and he's talking to the vines. And he says, come on, you can do it. If you try really hard, you'll get a grape to pop out. Oh, come on, vines, if you try really extra hard, maybe we'll get some raisins. You would think the guy was kind of crazy for talking to his vine. The idea is kind of silly. The vine doesn't produce fruit by more effort or being coaxed into it. And the same is true for us. Fruitfulness and is, a, is a thing that God has called us to. But if we're honest, fret-filled and fruitless kind of describes our lives maybe over these last few weeks. Uh, we just don't know what to do or where to go. We want to do Paul's admonition, and Paul's admonition was this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so we hear that verse and we say, I will think true and noble thoughts if it kills me. Paul's list then becomes requirements, that every thought needs to be true, every thought needs to be noble, every thought needs to be pure, every thought needs to be right and praiseworthy. Who can do this? I can, and neither can you. Not all of our thoughts meet all of those criteria. We all have thoughts that don't fit the list. We all have trouble remembering the list, let alone the things that we're supposed to think about. And so perhaps our goal is in the wrong place. Perhaps we focus on the wrong thing. Maybe there's a simpler way to do this. And here's the simpler way. Make it your aim to cling to Christ, to abide in him. Is he not the one that's true and honorable and pure and praiseworthy and excellent in all of the things that the, uh, uh, Paul reminds us in Philippians 4.8? And so in John chapter 15, this is his invitation. Look what Jesus says in verse 4. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my true disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. The allegory that Jesus gives to us in this invitation is quite simple. God is like a vine keeper. He loves and he coaxes the best out of his vines. He prunes and he blesses and he cuts. Why? For fruitfulness. And that's his aim. His aim is to what? To help the vine produce. Now, Jesus plays the role of the vine. Don't confuse the vine with the branch. The vine is actually that thick base. If you've ever been to a vineyard, there's kind of that thick, gnarly wood thing that's down at the ground. That's the vine. The branches are the tendrils that come out. The, the, the branches are those things that come out and, and wrap themselves around the wires as they're strung through the vineyard. And so Jesus says that I am that trunk and you are the branches. You are those windy, stringy branches that, that spread out among, above the vine. The vine is the root and the trunk of the plant. 
It carries the nutrients from the soil into the branches. And so what Jesus says is this, I am the root of life. If anything good comes into our lives, it's because Jesus brings it to us. Jesus is the conduit. So who are we? We are the branches. We bear the fruit. Well, what is the fruit? Paul says in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so what happens is we meditate on those things. We have this gentleness, Paul reminds us in Philippians 4, that's evident to all. Then we have this peace that passes all understanding. But as we cling to Christ, God is honored. In John 15.8, Jesus says this, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The Father tends the vine, and Jesus nourishes. We receive, and then what happens? The fruit appears. Fruit-bearing matters to God. We are in the anxious moments. It doesn't feel like we are producing much fruit. We, we're just weary of being tired. We're, we're done with sleepless nights. Uh, we long to be anxious for nothing, as Paul reminds us. We long for this fruit of the Spirit. But how do we do it? Do we try harder? No, we hang tighter. Because here's our assignment. Our assignment is not fruitfulness, but faithfulness. Our assignment is to cling to Jesus, and then the fruit will appear. And if you are are, are discouraged in your life or feeling that maybe there's not a fruit there that should be there, maybe you're trying too hard to produce the fruit instead of just being attached to the vine. You see, the secret to anxiety uh, uh, anxiety-free, stress-free living is not about doing, but it's about abiding. What did Jesus say? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will put you to work. Is that what he said? No, what did he say? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And so it's not in our doing, but it's in our abiding. I'm going to reread John chapter 15, and I want you to... Uh, uh, put, your, put your hands up. And every time I say the word abide, you count on your fingers, okay? Every time I say the word abide, I want you to keep track on your, on your digits, okay? So here it goes. John chapter 15, verse 4 to 10. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. They gather them, cast them into the fire, and they burn. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. How many did you get? Ten. Ten times in seven verses, Jesus says the word abide. And what do we do with our hands? We can what? Grasp. We can cling. We can hang on to Jesus. So ten times he reminds us, abide, 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 abide. What are we supposed to do? Abide. We grab a hold of Jesus. He's used, our, our, our aim in our life is to be at home in Christ. Jesus is to be our permanent mailing address. He is where our home is. He is where our heart finds rest. He is our place of refuge and security. We rest in him. We find nourishment in him. You see, the duty of the branch is what? To cling to the vine. That's what the branches do. They, they cling and they abide and they hang on. 
there was this crazy weed out there with the wet weather we've had. You may have some growing in your yard. It's this sticky, viney thing. Does anybody have those in your yard? I don't know what it is. But you grab that thing, and it won't let go. You can pull and pull and pull and pull. Why? Because it's clinging to the roots. It's hanging on for, for dear life. And that's what Jesus wants from us. He wants us what? He wants us to abide, to hang on to him. You see, our goal is not to bear fruit. Our goal is to stay attached. My life is to be one of living in Christ. I hang on to him. We use a lot of slogans. I want to change the world. I want to make a difference for Christ. I want to lead people to the Lord. Those are the byproducts of a life that is clinging to Jesus. Not the, that's not the goal of our life. You see, if you hang on to Jesus and you abide to Jesus and you, you cling to him, guess what's going to happen? Just like the vine feeds the branches, you are going to bear fruit. And so we turn the Christian life into this life of drudgery when we feel we're trying to just to manufacture the fruit and, and, to, and to get this fruit in our lives. And all Jesus says is, you hang on to me and you'll bear the fruit. You cling to me and you'll bear the fruit. When a father leads his four-year-old son down a crowded street, he takes him by the hand and what does he say? He says, hold on to me. He doesn't say to his son, son, memorize the map so you know where you're going. He says, no, son, you hang on to me and I will lead you through. That's all you need to do is just hang on to my hand. It's not up to you to get through the crowd. It's up to me to get through the crowd. But as long as you hang on to me, you're going to get there. That's all Jesus asks of us as our Heavenly Father. Hang on to him. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to memorize everything. You don't have to do everything. Our goal is not to know every detail about the future. Our goal is not to know every detail about everything. But our goal is to hold the hand of the one who doesn't let us go. That's Jesus' invitation to us. Our lives can be stress-filled and anxious because we're trying to produce fruit and trying to manufacture something, and sometimes it just isn't there. And what Jesus says is, your goal is in the wrong place. Your focus is in the wrong place. I just want you to hang on to me. I will lead you through. Now, the little four-year-old walking through the crowd, if you remember being four, the world looks pretty big. All you see is people's knees and, and things, and it's a pretty scary place, right? And, and that describes our journey through life. We, don't, we can't see above the crowd. All we can see is what's right in front of us. But God says, you hang on to me, and I'll lead you through. Abide in Christ. And so in those moments of anxiety and of worry and of stress and of sleepless nights and indigestion and pulsing, uh, racing uh, pulses and all the things, that come, all Jesus is asking us is, is to cling to him. Would you cling to him? I mean, just hang on. He said, I'll get you through. We're, we've been talking about uh, coronavirus for a couple months. But uh, remember the Ebola uh, outbreak that happened a few years ago? Um, and there's a story about Dr. Brantley. Uh, you may have heard his story. Um, there's a book uh, I've written about it. Uh, but he was, uh, he's from Texas, and he went to uh, help with the Ebola cases. And he knew the symptoms of the disease. He treated dozens of cases. The symptoms were a sore, uh, high fever, a nausea, severe diarrhea, and the outlook wasn't good if you got Ebola. And so he started to feel that he had symptoms of Ebola. And so his colleagues had drawn the blood and began the test. And about three days later, they knew the results. He had Ebola. And so on July 23rd, 2014, he quarantined himself in his house and he waited. And his wife and his family were across the ocean. His co-workers couldn't enter his residence. He was literally alone in his room and alone with his thoughts. He opened his Bible and he meditated on this passage from Hebrews. And then he wrote in his journal, The promise of entering his rest still stands, so let us never give up. 
Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. So he considered the phrase, make every effort. And he knew he would do exactly that. He then turned his attention to another verse in Hebrews, and it said this, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find help, or find grace to help us in our time of need. He copied that scripture into his journal, and he focused on the words with confidence. And he closed his journal, and he began to wait. The next three days brought unspeakable uh, discomfort, and he had contacted his wife Amber, and then he called her with a diagnosis, and she sent uh, her two children to visit her parents, and then she uh, just went into this place in her life when she found out the news. Now it was her turn to process. And so what she did was she sat on the edge of her bed and she wept for a few minutes. And after some time, she walked across the field toward a large tree and she sat there and she found it difficult to find words to formulate her prayers. But she reflected back to one of the hymns that she learned as a young girl. And she, this thought went through her mind. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changes not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou has been, thou forever wilt be. The words lifted her spirits, and she began to sing aloud another song that she treasured. I need thee every hour in joy or pain. Come quickly and abide, or life is in vain. I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour. I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. She later wrote, I thought my husband was going to die. I was in pain. I was afraid. Through those hymns, though, I was able to connect with God in a meaningful way when I couldn't find my own words to pray. Her husband was transported Back to Atlanta, and his caregivers chose to risk an untested treatment, and little by little his condition improved, and with a few days his strength returned. The entire world, it seemed, rejoiced when he was able to exit the hospital, and if you remember back then of him coming out of the hospital. So what does the Brantleys struggle with the disease have to do with us? Well, they struggled with another virus, every bit as deadly and contagious as Ebola. It was the unseen contagion of anxiety. It's that thing that just gets into our life, and it can overwhelm us. And they were prime candidates for panic. But do you remember what they did? Kent looked into God's word, and Amber recalled the songs that reaffirmed God's character. They stayed connected to the vine. That's what they did. When all else looked like it was falling apart, what did they do? They, they hung on to the vine. What's the saying when you're at the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on? No, don't do that. When you're at the end of the rope, let go of the rope and hang on to the vine. That's what'll get you through. That's what'll provide the stability. They resolved to abide in Christ. Kent opened his Bible. She meditated on hymns. And their minds were filled with what? The truth of God. So here's how we disarm anxiety. We abide in Christ, but we also abide in his word. Jesus tells us bluntly in Matthew 6, 25, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food, and the body more than clothes? And then he gives us two commands in this uh, passage in Matthew 6 on worry. The first command is in uh, Matthew 6, 26. He says, look at the birds of the air. We notice how happy they seem to be. They sing and they whistle and they kind of go on with life like nothing's happening. But he says in verse 26, they don't sow nor reap or gather into barns. He says, look at the birds. They're, they don't plant gardens. They don't plant crops. They don't drive their little combines in harvest time. What do they do? God takes care of them. And so he says, they, they, do they appear well cared for? 
Yeah. Have you ever uh, driven along the road when uh, something has been hit and those, those big uh, turkey vultures are out there, those big old... Do they look well cared for? Yeah, like God even takes care of the ugly birds. They are huge. They will carry away a small child, but they're cared for. And so, and so Jesus says, look at the birds. But the other thing he, he says is to consider the lilies. Think about the lilies. They don't do anything. Even though their lifespan is short, God dresses them up pretty nice, doesn't he? Even Solomon, Jesus said, wasn't as beautiful or as dressed like one of these. Do the lilies look beautiful and taken care of? Yes. And so God asks us, as we abide in Christ, as we abide in his word, to do two things, to look and consider. So how do we disarm anxiety? We fix our minds and fill our minds on God. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. We cling to Christ. We abide in Christ. We turn off the TV and we open our Bible. Maybe we have to get up 15 minutes earlier in the day just to spend some time with the Lord. You know, uh, oftentimes, <clears throat> by the time we get up and going uh, for our day, the rest of the world is up and going, and things are already crazy. But there is something special. I know a lot of folks aren't morning people, but you ought to be. Maybe once, try it. There's just something special that's quiet. And there's not much traffic, and the neighbors aren't moving around. And, and it, there's just this peace there. So maybe we just need to get up a little early and spend some time in God's word. Uh, and, and what do we do? We abide in Christ. We listen to, to some uh, our, our favorite worship music, gospel music, whatever it is. But we have to fill our minds and fix our thoughts, right? And do the, do the thing to abide in Christ. We abide in his word. Because Jesus said this. He says, to the Jews who have believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Remember what John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Who's the Word? Jesus. John chapter 15, Jesus says, You abide in me, you remain in me. How do we remain in Jesus? How do we abide in Jesus? We're in his Word. Jesus is the Word. So we remain in the Word. We cling to the Word. We abide in the Word. We hang on to Jesus. And he says, what will the truth of my Word do? It will set you free. Free from what? Free from fear. Free from dread. Free from anxiety. Free from whatever it is that we need to be free from in our lives. If you've ever been to a vineyard, you know um, the soil is, uh, is, often looks terrible. It's dry, and it's cracked, and there's, this, uh, there's a thing called the terroir. It's the combination of atmosphere and soil conditions. And often the vineyards, especially if you've been to vineyards in Europe, they grow in this soil that's cl- it's clay and chalky and rocky, but the vines thrive in that kind of soil. Why? Because it forces the roots to go deep down to find the water. And so what happens is when the roots go deep down to find the water, what happens when there's uh, not very much rainfall? Well, the roots have a system to get to the water into the, in the ground. It's not the branches. It's the vine, right? It's the base. It's the root that goes down and it gets the water out of the ground. And so it's not the, it's not the branches that have to go looking for the water. It's the vine that does that. And that's what Jesus is asking of us. Jesus is saying, you just cling to me. You just hang on to me. 
Your job is just to abide and I will find the water for you. I will find the refreshment for you. I will, I will go down deep and give you what you need. You don't have to worry about that. I'll do it for you. And when I cling to Christ, my roots go deep because he is the vine and I am the branches. And I don't have to fear drought or the heat of the day because my support comes from him. Look what Psalm 1 says this. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. What is that? Abiding in the word, right? Delighting in the word. Who meditates on his law day and night. That person is what? Like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. You see, when I am abiding in Christ and I'm just hanging on to him and he is the vine and I am the branch, what happens? Whatever happens above ground, my leaf doesn't wither because my roots go deep. Because I'm abiding in Christ. And I'm remaining in him. And that's why Jesus reminds us. And that's why we, as we get together, it's a good reminder for us to, uh, to abide in Christ, to remain in him. Now, the root supports the vine. And it doesn't mean the vines are not in some terrible weather. It doesn't mean that there aren't in, in unbearable heat. It doesn't mean that there's not some drought that comes. But the, but the vine is connected, or the branches are connected to the vine. And so the, the nourishment comes from the vine. And so even though the branches are up in the place where it seems very difficult, it's the, it's the vine that's settled. It's the vine that provides the nourishment. Are you hanging on to Jesus today? Are you abiding in Christ? You see, the fruitfulness in our life and the freedom in our life, whatever it is that we need to be free from, will come from Jesus. It comes as we hang on to him, as we, as we abide in him. And no matter what happens, the storms of life, the, the things that cause us anxiety, the things that cause us to sway back and forth, when we are connected to the vine, when we are rooted in the vine, we will produce fruit. It's so simple, isn't it? But we make it so hard. What does Jesus say? Jesus' invitation to us is remain in me. Cling to him. Hold on with all that you have to him. And he says, then you'll be fruitful. You'll bear fruit. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And we get so exhausted trying to do it ourselves. We get so exhausted trying to figure it out ourselves. And all Jesus is asking us is just hang on. Just hang on. Would you do that today? Abide in Jesus, hang on to him, remain in him, and then the fruit will come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the, the challenge, the simple challenge to abide in Jesus, to abide in him. Father, we just simply cling to him and we, we hang on to him, and then we know that we will bear fruit. Father, we know that, that we will um, be fruitful as we, as we get the nourishment from him. Oh, Father, we, we live in anxious times. We live in, in just uncertain times and anxiety and, and all the things that are, 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 real, are real things we experience. So, Father, would you help us just to remain in Jesus? We thank you. In his name we pray. Amen. Would you stand, stand do uh, cornerstone again?